It's the Tiltcast, episode 436. Teach me, Professor Biscuit. And this week, guys, we talk No Man's Sky, Atomic Crops, Phoenix Point, and NVIDIA and Microsoft News. Stay tuned. Give me the common core, baby. Double wrap me till I die. Ah. Wow. And we're back. We are. That was that was amazing. Yeah. And uh I'm just gonna get this this shit started. I'm oh. Nas. I'm Jason. I'm sleep I'm Rusty. And this is an M-rated show, so just be war- forewarned. Ooh. But just know that you're gonna get thirty minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some bullshit. games, some news. It's the Tillcast and Ooh. it's uh what's today's date, Jason? It is September twenty fifth. The year of fuck 2020. <laughs> yeah. Of fuck 2020. Oh, my God. At 9.53 p.m. And Uh-oh. we've uh, changed a bunch of stuff around. Uh, we'll say something else. Uh, fuck Behringer. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck that. Oh, it's it's still in the back of my car. Yeah. So we uh, we were going to record last week. Yeah. Rusty had got, I'm going to, I'm not going to rub this in too hard, but yeah. I told Rusty, Rusty's like, there's a really good deal on a Behringer. And I was like, man, I used to deal with that stuff in my old band and like that. I never had any good luck. Let's not do it. And he's like, well, you know, it's been a long time. Maybe they've gotten better. I was like, all right, we can give it the benefit of a doubt. Mm. We got it. And what it was, was wrong with terrible, it? Terrible, dude. It had the worst hiss. It had the worst hiss I have ever heard in a soundboard ever. Uh, fucking mixer at all like it it had uh, like just having the xlr mics in to the thing uh caused it to have an audible hiss that could not be controlled with any gain knob or anything i had it all turned down every knob and, turned to minimum and i still heard it and it was really so that all three of us could have phantom power and all that really means is that um you can hear me when i'm up here on the mic and he can't hear me as well back here. Um, so right now, we have two with Phantom Power, which would be yeah, Rusty and con- Jason. It's a condenser knob. It's, it's basically just to make it so that we have a little bit more play when we we don't have to eat the mic. Uh, but I do. Uh, you do. But I'm I okay am, with that. I've, I've and I'm, you know what I'm okay with? The fact that we went back to Yamaha, which has been a steady contender for soundboard of the decade because yeah. it has not failed in at all we've had almost no problems with it yeah it's it's been and we figured out the other issue was a loose usb cable that was wiggling around that was causing issues and now the dog can't bump it all the time yeah we rewired everything we had the time so fuck it we rewired and this room got vacuumed for the first time in two years so <laughs> And well, now I wasn't it's got to admit that, but hey, whatever. I, I'm okay with admitting that. There's so much <laughs> shit in this room. I mean, yeah, there was some dead toys in here. Yeah, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of dog debris. I found a microphone compressor. Yeah, you did. Yeah, for what, 100 bucks? Look, nah, 174 look, bucks. Right, because it's an inline <laughs> compressor and you don't, that's used very situationally. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it would, no, no. If, it's it's not worth it for me to be able to scoop back eight inches. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's it sucks that we're at a a point with three mics uh, that is a weird mid range for mixers. It's you know it's you either have two mics or you have six. 
So it's there's not a lot of four mic. There isn't a lot of four mic setups. You know, not with the feature set that we're looking at. And I looked at a lot of them. Oh, um, we need. So if anybody knows of a something comparable to a Yamaha, that's not Behringer. That's not Behringer. That's got four XLRs, phantom power on all four, and compression on all four channels. Um, let us know, and maybe like a quarter or a three-quarter inch in and out so that we can run Skype to the board. But we got Skype to the board now via USB, right? Yeah, we, we know we've got everything that we need. I rewired things and uh, found a, uh, a nice, neat little feature with this uh, this board. Actually, it was a driver that I was missing before. Uh, so now I can actually run two-way communication directly through Skype instead of using the, uh, the weird wiring contraption that I had before that did what it needed to do but uh this dog i swear loves the piss out of me and will not let me speak yeah she's like um, um she's like i feel the vibrations so yeah the i ended up you know cleaning up the wiring and you know fixing the sound in the process of doing some of these uh uh some of these changes oh my god uh, no. And it made a difference. Yes, it made a difference. You can kind of hear me while I'm still being attacked by the dog. Take over. I need to love your dog. Yeah. Yep. There she goes. She's 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 climbing. She's gonna do it. Up oh, there. Oh, there's more dog kisses. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. My so god. Lola has this ritual. She uh. I don't really tranquilize her. She already gets um, medicine for allergies, and it makes her a little bit sleepy. But I don't want to up the dose any more than I do. And she's so she's never sees people, so Ever. except for Jessa and the kid, and then these guys. But Jessa's out of town a lot, and these guys are over here once a week. And then when I take her on walks, she licks all the kids that we walk by. So she is the uh, the meanest pit bull in the world. She's stepping on my throat. <laughs> yeah. So this is the uh, the Friday ritual of the dog climbing up onto Rusty's lap and licking his face and giving Rusty hugs that she needs so desperately. If she doesn't get it, she will bother me all night long until she does. Yep, I think she's and then about she'll to sit on my chest like she's doing right now, and then she'll jump down. And there's the dismount. And now I'm free for the next half an hour, I think. Ugh, I'm I'm good. I've been loved. <sighs> so I've, I've gotten used to actually taking my head uh, my monitors out uh, so that she doesn't rip them directly out of my ear. So, you know, something, this is like homeownership 101 of things that I just, I like. Um, we've got this thing where you can turn in points at work for different things. So I got myself a ring doorbell for nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been kind of trite, but kind of interesting. Um, I like the fact that I told Jason, I was like, we don't need to go to the door. Just leave it unlocked. I'll know when Rusty gets here. I thought you rang the doorbell. No, it was just detecting that you were here. So, oh, so it's... I knew when you were here because it's detected motion. And I looked at it real quick and it was you. And I was like, that's why I just yelled at you. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, I technology, man, it's just fucking unreal right now. Well, and it's I think it's pretty fucking handy. Um, it's a neat little gadget. Uh, I I don't have a peephole on my door. Well, that yeah, that would suck. I would. It, mm. Working from home, you know, when you get your packages and stuff like that without the text message. I would love something like that. Only I live in an <clears> apartment <throat> and that fucker would go off all day long. You can set the timer when you get alerts and when you don't. Okay. Well, it would still go off all day long. Um, and it's really not that hard to install. No. Um, it look, doesn't look like it, you know, doesn't look like it requires a whole lot of hardware on the outside. Uh, no, it's just a battery. Right. So that lasts like a month, and then I got to just plug it into a USB and then mount mount it back. Oh, is that it's? It's just got a little tool that's you use to unscrew it, and then you just unscrew it, pull the whole thing off, plug it in. When it's done charging after a couple hours, put it back out there, and it's good for another month. Huh. Cool. Yeah. So through the you know the screwdriver in my toolbox, and when it says it's battery's getting low, I'll just charge it one day. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, let me see. I can't hear anything that I do, but let me make a lot of noise. Right. She, she doesn't, she doesn't care. Uh, the, uh, I would love to have something like that because, you know, me being a, uh, you know, working at night, sometimes the UPS guy comes after eight o'clock, you know, I go to work at seven o'clock, you know, I, I leave you know, I leave early and then, you know, they, uh, you know, if I get the package after I left for work, I have to drive all the way back just to scoot it in the fucking door, you know. And but you I only mean, work like five minutes away from your house, right? It takes about 10 minutes to get there, um, you know, from work. But it's, um, it would be nice to know when it arrives. Uh, I don't necessarily, you know like the idea of you know an amazon worker scooting it inside the door and then you know having an electronic lock i don't think the electronic locks are actually uh uh allowed by apartments uh you well i'm not i don't have an electronic lock right but i'm looking for some kind of stopgap. so like when i when i get a house i won't have this problem because i could have the ring, you know, like a, a ring doorbell and then be able to control ideally the garage door from my, well, you app. don't have to go that far for 300 bucks at home Depot. You can get a package, a smart mailbox, a smart box, and you just bolt it to the concrete and it, you, it's got a two way camera on it. So you could either talk through it or talk through your ring and just tell the, the guy puts it in the slot and it gives you an alert that somebody dropped off a package and then it, Moves it to a secure chamber in the box. How big is it, though? Uh, I think it stands about three feet tall. It needs to be substantial for the packages that I buy. What are you getting? I, I buy computer parts. They, they don't come in small boxes. Well, you can fit any of those boxes that are behind you in it. Uh, still, I mean, I... When I buy parts, or when I when I'm buying parts, I generally buy parts all at once, and it comes in a fairly large box. How so, many times are you building your computer? It's not just my computer build that I'm doing. 
you know, it's not just my parts. It's parts for other people. I work on fucking computers all the time. So, you know, that's why there's a, a massive stack of Amazon boxes in the corner of my living room. Because every time I clear them out, I fill them back up again. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I need to have, like, a fucking, you know, a chest outside. It would need to be pretty, pretty large. Like, something that you could put a, say, a, a, a computer case box in. If it was Just that look big. Just check out the smart boxes. Yeah, if, if it was that big, like, the, so at work, there's, a, you know, there's a box for part delivery for work. And that is fucking six feet tall, and it's about three feet wide, and big fucking door, and you can put everything in there. It's all controlled by an app. Uh, I wouldn't need something six feet tall, but something like, you know, that was at least half of that. The problem with what you're talking about is the bigger you get, the more more you paint a big bullseye on your house. Well, I mean, that is also just locked down to the concrete. But, yeah, inside the house, you mean? Yeah. I mean, what's to keep a crackhead from trying and looping a chain around it and then pulling it with their truck? The fact that it would be empty most of the time. Because <laughs> if something was delivered it's not going to stay there, you know, for forever. It's going to get pulled just, in and I'm going to drool over it while I work on it. You know, you get your computer with a side of, you know, with, with a side of spit. Um, it's, it, I, I love working on, you know, on shit, but I've, of course, hate my hours and when UPS drops shit off for me. So oh, even if you work days, it'd be work dropping it off while you're at work. Well, you, yeah. Well, the delivery for my place is somewhere between six and nine o'clock. Uh, just because I'm, I guess, at the end of their fucking delivery route or whatever. But um, that's where I would have worked out. Yeah, for me, it's between about one and four o'clock is when most things yeah. get delivered to me. But you're you're closer to the distribution hub. I'm not. So it's... And there's been a couple times where um, package delivery guys have rang my thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's nice to be able to just talk to them. It's like, oh, I'm working right now. Just drop it right there. I'll come out and get it in a minute. Yeah. And they're they're pretty good about using, you know, using those ring doorbells to, to communicate. Um, it also keeps them from just throwing shit on my porch. True. I mean, they're on camera, you know, from the time they basically round the driveway corner. Uh, to, you know, to when they get on the door, even if they don't ring the doorbell, because uh, it's motion sensing. That's, it's, it's a real nice setup. Um, I just, yeah, I now know what all my delivery people look like. Mm. I don't. Not creepy at all, but just. I don't know. I don't I'm know just leaving you. the, you know, just I leave the motion feature on and now I, I at least know who it would be at this point if it was somebody unfamiliar. Like, I know who the FedEx guy is, who the UPS guy is. There's two different UPS guys that are around here. Yeah. And two different Amazon drivers that hit here. Well, I think I I found about six different people. Cause and I, the, and the, same, the same male lady that's been here forever, so I know exactly who that is. Like, you know, you see all these stories of, like, 
crazy home intrusions of people, you know, like claiming there's somebody else. Mm-hmm. At this point, I would recognize all of them and be like, no, you're not. Do you, yeah, you don't work for FedEx. <laughs> if you work for, how long have you been working for FedEx? And if they say six years and be like. Yeah, you didn't deliver you didn't, here before. You've never delivered here before. Yeah. That's crazy that you could get, you know, you get that many fucking deliveries. Well, it's, that's one of the things, you know, that's well, I work from home. From, yeah. Like, you know, like, think about this, right? If I save the time, so delivery cost for my house, so I can get a big grocery order. Delivery cost cost me like seven bucks, right? Seven bucks or 30 minutes. For me, it's a convenience fee, especially if I'm only doing it once a week, right? So I could literally just order my groceries and have them deliver it to me. And with tip, like that's with the tip, it's like seven bucks. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's just, it's, it's the way to go if you work from home. I unfortunately do not have that option. Uh, and I haven't actually is, been in a Walmart or an Aldi's in God knows how long. God, I wish. I haven't. I haven't actually been in the store. You know how easy in, it would be to, for me to uh, for me to budget shit if it was basically like, oh, this is the staples. Just add the staples to the cart, and this is like the you can pick it up at nine a.m. The wild card meal that I want to throw in there. You, you just I know order it now. Nine o'clock in the morning is. Too fucking late for me to be out. Bullshit. How much did you sleep today? Okay. All right. All right. There's a difference. I don't want to be outside after the sun comes up. I'm a fucking vampire. So my entire place is... 11, 12, mm -hmm. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. Is that when you went to bed today? 5 o'clock? No. 6? No. I finally got to sleep at about three thirty, four o'clock. Um, that was that's six hours after nine o'clock. It is. It's six hours of daylight after nine o'clock. Right. So spend fuck that shit. Twenty minutes driving to the store. No, it's never twenty minutes. When it's pickup, it is. No, it's never. Not. Have you ever done pickup? I honestly don't like the idea of it. Well. So it's you've, the, you've got a research like right around the corner okay. from your house, too, right? Uh, okay, I've got a research and a Walmart next, you know, near my place. You set the, both of them for 9 o'clock, and it's 5 minutes at 1 and 5 minutes at the other, and you're done. You know what done. the difference is, though? And, and I know there's shoppers out there like that, uh, like this. I like to go in there and have the empty cart and be like, what are the possibilities? And so, then, But if and, you go online and you pick it out, you know how much you're going to spend before you spend it. I understand that, but you, if you've ever... Like not. This is weird. This arguing this with the most logical person I know. I know, it's not because it's not logical. Easy for me to go through and pick out all of the, you know, uh, all of the ingredients that I need in the list that they have. It's and it's weird. It, it, it might come down to how things are sectioned and organized on their website. Uh, Take but, your next receipt home and add it to your cart. Yeah, that that would that would. Get Why me am in I arguing logic with you? That would get me in trouble. Um, Jason, I need help here. You can't. I can't help you. I I I really can't. Listeners, here, do you do you <laughs> what's going on here? Here here's the here's here's one I thing can. I learned Just while living with Rusty. He enjoys shopping, yet he doesn't want to shop. Oh. 
Pretty much. When it comes down to groceries, I am very much like off the cuff. Like, what do I feel like at that moment? So I don't like planning that because that means that you just throw shit in the freezer. Yeah. I don't have a whole, I don't have a big freezer. I don't either. I don't have a whole lot of space. In fact, what are you throwing in there? Frozen hamburgers, really, honestly. Well, that sounds really, really intensely varied. Why can't you shop that online? Uh, no. Uh, so it's not just frozen hamburgers. It's uh, I have all kinds of different frozen veggies. Um, I have like those voila fucking meals. Uh, uh, chicken breasts. And that's another thing. I do not trust those uh, store pickers to pick fucking meat for me. I just can't. I just, it's impossible for me to do. So you know what you cost yourself by doing this? Your time. Oh, my time? Yeah. I spent, uh, this week, this is how much time I spent on grocery shopping. Or not money-wise, but Mm -hmm. time-wise. I spent a total of 20 minutes. Yeah, because you have the same order. No, I didn't even have the same order. order. I just know what I want. And I... Here's the thing. Both groceries, all three grocery stores that I go to, it remembers past orders. So I just grab stuff that I wanted from that and add to it. I did it. I did all the grocery shopping on five minutes of one of my breaks. I planned out, you know, kind of what I wanted, essentially. Mm. And then I picked it up on my lunch. Yeah. Yeah. I came back. Right. And then some of the times I just have them deliver it because I just don't even want to deal with the drive. You know the reason why that Behringer is still in the back of my car? Because he didn't want to go to the UPS store at 9 o'clock? Exactly. <laughs> there is a return limit on that. There is. It's in the second week of October. <laughs> yeah, don't push it too far. I'm not going to push it too far. I will get my money you're gonna out have... of it. I will not have fucking Behringer paperweight. Oh Jesus. my God, dog. Seriously? Again? With the love. Oh, you know, this is fucking crazy. Nose. It'll cost you at least $330 for a board with four lines of compression. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's a Mackie. I'd be all right with a Mackie board. You're still that, that's the that cheaper of the two between Yamaha. And I, if I was going to go cheaper, I'd go Mackie, but Mackie has decent products i haven't had bad experience i haven't heard of shit mackie anything i've used in the past behringer's always been shit and i've used yamaha mackie and pv and pv can kind of be hit and miss pv is super hit and miss it's uh i had a pv practice amp that was great and i had a pv head amp that was either on or off it was a my experiences they're their small boards are shit, and their big boards are just as good as Yamaha. Mm. Uh, nah. Yamaha, to me, like when I spent money on that board, I was like, I know I'll be satisfied. I've never had a bad Yamaha product. Uh-huh. Yamaha bikes, the Yamaha electronics, Yamaha receiver, Yamaha boards, Yamaha guitar. There's no hiss in this at all. Whatsoever. I know. None. The quality in this is just staggering versus that Behringer. Yeah. Just like, yep. You some uh, like 
on some Which is really to, funny to put these words together, but cheap German product yeah. versus premium Japanese product. Well, I mean, the capacitors are all Japanese anyway. Yep, so. and that's why I want it. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm surprised. I didn't. I I have played around with a few different mixers before, but nothing like in this price range. Yeah. Normally, it's really big ones or yeah. really oh, tiny. Holy ones. shit! What? I found the twelve channel version of this that has four line compression for two twenty yeah. for two ninety two. <laughs> twelve. There's a we don't have space for that. That would take up a quarter of the room. We'll find a way. No, <laughs> it it's only about that much wider than the current board. Yeah, you're not looking at that right. So no, I'm looking at the measurements. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 not you're not. You're not I, I can get it. a wider base. Uh huh. Can always get bigger. Or just put that fucker right in the in the middle of the table here. That'd be perfect. So we're kind of going all over the place. Yeah, we are. We are. Um, it's all right. Um, Jason, you haven't been here in a million years. I haven't, and I haven't played a damn thing either. Wow. But what's wrong with you, Jason? I know, right? Uh, it's called zero time to myself. Bad place to be. Uh, the last couple weeks have been uh, dominated by dominated, dominated, uh, dominated by doing children's schoolwork and playing teacher when I get home from work. Ah, that sucks ass. Like yeah. every time I look at one of those memes about people with kids versus people not with kids in the whole pandemic thing, I think of Jason. Teach me, Professor Biscuit. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of which, you know, I I recognize with as much uh, with as much as I do at work with uh, with spreadsheets and stats and budgets and whatnot, I recognize that I've kept quite a bit of my call. Of my high school and college math skill, right? Yeah. Retained it, use it often. Mm -hmm. You're being challenged by core, common core. But um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to some of the more routine basics that I know I use all the time, but really I'm writing them in formulas. So trying to explain things like prime factorization. To a sixth grader. I was going to say that wasn't the little ones. When uh, uh, when I usually have to, when I write all of that in very complicated ways in Excel all the time, trying to break that down to the most basic and teach it. Well, that's the difference between you and a teacher. Yeah. Is, yeah. So. So difficult. So, like. Um. Algebra is a big but fucking thing. Like, I will I will say this, mm -hmm. and, and I applaud the school system for it. Mm -hmm. All of their online shit has tossed a lot of the common core bullshit out the window. That's because they know that the te people teaching it were not taught with common core. <laughs> well, I think there's that, and I think it would be rather um, difficult virtually, wouldn't it? Yeah, but... I mean, for the most part, really, a, 
and she and I spent like three hours on this Tuesday night. A lot of her problem was trying to wrap her head around power. Mm, to the power of? To the power of. Mm, exponents. Yeah. Mm. Uh, wrapping her head around exponents and remembering that that exponent means you're multiplying that number by itself exponentially mm. instead of just five times three. Mm. Yeah, 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 or, that would be, you know, what's the little number <laughs> and how, get out a bunch of army men and how to write that on a, uh, on a calculator in long form. So she will remember it and understand it in the future and having to teach her that as well. Yeah. It's the shortening um, of, of mathematics that really fucks with people's brains. Exactly. It's, it's just um, like if you try especially to... when I was trying to fight her her want to just use the simple button on the scientific calculator. Yeah, because that's there. Because it's there. Um You have to understand what it does before you start using it. Otherwise exactly. you won't use it appropriately. Exactly. Mm. So um but for the most part really her work's not what I have to worry about. It's the kindergartner and the first grader and not actually wanting to sit down and do all of their work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's attention span. That's different. Um, and the Welcome fact that... Jason, it's called child leashes. You just leash them to the, <laughs> to the chair. And the fact that... And weight them down. Well, so their week's kind of broken up because on Tuesdays... Don't they have, like, timer locks, like a timer padlock? No. You just chain them no. to the chair? I mean, that's, is that allowed? That's, hope that, you never have a child. <laughs> I hope you never have a young child. What are you doing? I'm oh, too old I'm making, at this point. I'm making them do their homework. By never say never. My mom was 39. It. It's called science, Jason. Would you like to play a game? I've been I've been practicing science for a very long time, safely. Un until Safe science. Until you snip it, you're not safe. That doesn't even, like, it's not a full guarantee either. So. No, but that reduces the chance under 5%. Okay. And then you fucking, like, double wrap and you're like, okay, we're going. <laughs> yeah, but if but you double anyway, wrap, you, there's like, it's just like a numbness. Then you don't feel anything. You're, you're more. It. You're more likely to go limp from double wrapping than you are getting you... kicked in the nuts while you're fucking. It's like the problem did... with the problem with that is it's like it's like a man in too many sweaters. How... Like you just you remember the kid in a Christmas story when they put the big <laughs> coat on him and his hands stand out? That's what my dick feels like in two condoms. How did we get from and then, <laughs> Because we talked about never having children. And but, I, and that's what happens. And then you lose the blood supply, and then it suffocates. It just falls off and runs away. Yeah, it's just like but, it falls off from lack of blood supply. But trying to bring it back around. Please try. So Please the kid, try. the kids' his week's fairly broken up because on Tuesdays, Crystal's mom comes down to watch him while we're both at work, and then we have a babysitter for Thursday and Friday, but she's also got her own kid that's in TPS, so mm. 
that's basically four kids who are distance learning that she's trying to wrangle on Thursday and Friday. Plus, she has uh, several health issues like scoliosis yeah. and rheumatoid arthritis, etc. So, yeah. um, for for her understandably not all of the little one's work gets completed on Thursdays and Fridays. So I have basically spent my last three weekends doing schoolwork all weekend to make sure all of their assignments are submitted and then coming back and double checking the oldest to make sure not necessarily that she did all of her work, but that she actually submitted all of her assignments correctly. Because that's been a thing. So mm. what you guys should know is the only true saint among us is Jason. Um, is without going into crazy detail, um, these are your nieces and nephews that you guys have adopted. That we right? have adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just why Jason went from young and viral to old and cantankerous, older than the both of you. <laughs> In some ways, I've semi-adopted a seventeen-year-old. I don't want to grow up. I will say that on my end, um, the kid's responsible and extremely I'm low an maintenance. Amazon Prime kid. <laughs> Fuck you. And then Rusty's just a vampire that I I am going to be a perpetual child. That's just the way it's going to be. I will I will work and I will be professional when I'm working. But as soon as I'm done, I'm playing fucking video games. I'm eating a pizza and I'm fucking and I, enjoying my life. And I want to talk about that because we've had a couple of weeks aside from the shit show that was last week. Whether you tried to plug in a fucking shit mixer, I'm sorry for trying to improve the fucking podcast hey, it's, with a shit fucking. You it's know, mixer. Not a, no, it's it, not your to, fault. To your credit, it was it wor- seemed like a good deal. It was worth a try. And it is. I'm glad we didn't lose the other mixer in the process. I, I, yes, um, yes. But to get off of the mixer thing, what were you trying to say? I mean, you've been playing games, obviously, which is why you're not sleeping. Uh, y- yes, kind of. No, maybe somewhat. I've got games under my belt. So I mean, there's been a lot that's happened since the last time we recorded. Well, do we want to talk about the video card fiasco Ooh. later or now? Well, I mean... Everybody knows that it's an nigh impossible to get an NVIDIA 3000 series anything. Right. I mean, th- so there's there's been a lot of that. So that goes into what's been eating into some of my time, though. Uh, so, yes, I have been playing video games, uh, but it's been kind of sporadic between, you know, doing... Uh, doing things with War Machine, which is the new build, and uh, and uh, trying to get my hands on one of these fucking cards. So since you just haven't given up. So yeah, so that's that's a thing. Um, since last you know last time we recorded, War Machine's been you know you know been worked on up to the point where it just needs to get the video card before I'm happy and can say that it's complete. Um. It's currently running the 2080, which is still a fine card. Like, it's still a fine card. It still runs things the way that I want it to. It just doesn't go as high on the graphics, you know, on the graphic settings on certain games as I'd like. Uh, so, that's and the idea of getting the 3080 is so that I can build the three-year build. Basically, it's going to be good for, 
three plus years, right? So that's that's the goal of every build. Uh, so this is uh, so this is what happened. Of course, thirty eighty drops. Uh, the the thirty eighty dropped, and I was not able to uh, to get a thirty eighty, even though I you know I was there with the masses on the internet trying all kinds of different fucking websites. Was not able to get it. Of course, that got me going down the the rabbit hole of possibly getting a thirty ninety because of course I've got money um, and I have no life and no kids, so I basically could live off of ramen noodles if I needed to, uh, and I said, fuck it, I want a card. Whether or not that card is worth the fucking, uh, twice the price, will you please? I didn't mean to do that. Okay. Um, fucking control your computer shit. Um, (laughs) I clicked the wrong thing. Why did you click an ad? Fuck. Uh, the uh, so so I long story. I'm going to shorten it as much as I possibly can. I tried for the 3080, didn't get it. Been obsessed with trying to find a 3080 on a random restock for an entire week. 3090 drops. Tried had three of them in a fucking cart. Three of them. 3080 or 3090? 3090. You're going to spend $1,200 so you could get a card now. And that wasn't even the craziest thing because the one that I had in the cart was $1,800. You're a fucking nut. Why would you do that? Brain wasn't working. Need 30 card now situation. That is what is happening not only to me, but to just about anybody that has the brain that they want to get one of these fucking cards. This is what their mindset is. 30 card at any cost. And you're the reason that they're jacking <clears throat> prices up. I will not buy from a scalper. I have not ever actually looked at an eBay listing or any other third party, you know, like you know, like a reseller, like a person reselling their card with any seriousness. I just look at it. And I'm laugh. sure there's a few like billionaires out there, like fifty thousand for a card. Sure, it's the newest yeah, one. Whatever, fuck it, whatever. But I'm yeah, and I'm not that oil. You know, I am not that person. So I will not buy from you know from a scalper. Nor will I even like seriously entertain it. I'll look at it because it's it's a neat news cycle thing, but that's about it. Um, yeah, but <clears throat> getting into the the mindset of that though, you even said and even looking at reviews, eight percent increase for double the cost. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not even that. That's the thing. The uh, it, it depends on where you're coming from from a card, of course. Uh, so say if you were coming from a 1080 or a 1070 or 1060, uh, the jump to the, the 3080 and then up to the 3090 would be a pretty su- substantial boost. But you look at the price of the 3080 at $700, and then you look at the base price of the 3090 at, you know, $1,500, and you're you're only going to be getting somewhere between somewhere between 5 to 
worth of performance. And the only reason why you're only getting 5 to 15 worth of game performance is because this card is not built to run games as a you know as its main focus like it has it has the ram to be able to, you know the vram to be able to to do you know large um video rendering and that's what that's for right the you know for for games especially games that are out right now at you know at the most common resolutions of uh of 1080p and 1440 those two com- you know, those two make up the bulk of what ga- uh, gamers play if you look at the you know at the steam uh, st- the steam steam stuff. stats will give you some really honest opinions on this stuff it's a good cross yeah because when you're looking at like all the stuff that's on pc gamer and you look at like what you have versus everybody else right you realize that most people have a 1660 right or a 1060 and that most people are running 1080p. Right. And and then the next is 1440. Yeah. And uh 1080 a 1080 is the next most common card after that. You just have to look at the prices of monitors to be able to determine where people are going to be sitting. Most but, people are going to pick up But the up next big upgrade is going to be 4K gaming. That's I mean, that was the big, you know, that was the thing. You know, 4K TVs are more prevalent than 4K computer monitors. They are, and it's more common right now to use your TV for a monitor, and and that is what people are kind of focusing on with you know with the uh, with the three thousand launches being able to hook up to their you know to their televisions. In fact, uh, the thirty ninety launch was uh, there was a thing on uh, Linus Tech Tips uh, where uh, Nvidia sent him the thirty ninety and a fucking what thirty thousand dollar television, an eight K thirty thousand dollar television. Which will be, be uh, like eight hundred dollars in two years. But the thing is is they needed to have a very specialized panel and that T V was way outside of most people's price ranges. Uh and then they threw this card in there and you know, and NVIDIA, of course, cherry-picked the games and the settings for those games to be able to, you know, to showcase that it could do 8K. Thing is, is they picked games that would run fairly well, and they didn't max out the settings by a long shot. Um, sure, it looked great on that panel, but that panel was also an OLED TV. It was also, like, it was you know fairly well built it's not your you know it's not the same kind of television that you're going to pick up from a best buy you know uh so most people won't have that and that's kind of the other thing that you know that really bothered me about the 3090 launch is that it was you know that you go to their website you're going to see a very large 8k on the screen and that and that was their main selling point to get these cards sold is 8K gaming. And the thing is, is the card barely runs 8K at any type of frame rate. Like 30-ish frame rate for, you know, for most like non-cherry-picked titles at 8K. Sure, that's technically playable. But most people, and... For the past couple of years, it's been the same way. You want 
you you want your frame rate as smooth as it possibly can be with as be the best response time that you could possibly get on a monitor over visual fidelity you know because it doesn't matter if the individual frames look fucking beautiful if you are looking at one or two of them every second you know <laughs> so I'm not I'm not in the you know I'm I'm not into playing a shot a slideshow. I want to play a game at a decent frame rate. So that's you know that was kind of the thing. Now I got the bug. Of course, my brain turned all of this logic off. I can tell. And my brain went fuck it, I don't care. I've got more money than brains right now. Let's do this. So I sat there um uh, you know, and tried, uh, it was Thursday, so that was what, fuck, that was yesterday. Oh, the, yes, it was. The 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 days are bleeding together now. Um, uh, yesterday was the 24th, so it's September 25th today. Right, so uh, so I tried yesterday for the first hour, um, and I did have three different cards. I had an NVIDIA F Founders Edition card from the NVIDIA website. Uh, I had a card on EVGA's website, which is the $1,800 one. Uh, and I had the, there was a, a fuck, uh, it was, it was on a Best Buy. And I, and I think it was the MSI uh, 3090. Uh, but Best Buy's website failed me horribly because A, it broke down. Uh, and B, they ask about 18,000 fucking questions for fucking checkout. And of course, every one of those question uh, answers reloads the page, which gives it another option to uh, opportunity to fail. So that was out. EVGA's website was basically bouncing up and down for an entire hour. Uh, and some people were able to get through and you could only you could only buy an EVGA card from their website if you were an elite member, which means that you had already bought an EVGA product and registered it with them. <clears throat> which, of course, I did about 30 minutes before the release. Um, and uh, that was, even that was down. And, of course, NVIDIA's website basically just choked and died. I don't know what the fuck happened. I had the card in the, uh, you know, in the... Uh, cart and went to hit the checkout button and it didn't do anything. Like I had four different pages up trying to get through the checkout and it wouldn't go. So I uh, later learned that there was much less than uh, than was initially expected in the in the order of maybe a couple hundred over the uh, over all of the sites. Like, there was a couple thousand of the 3080s. There was a couple hundred of the 3090s. Uh, and those sold out even faster than the 3080s, so I never had a chance. A few hundred for <clears throat> the demand on this has been ridiculous. Right. So, the uh, the demand is so crazy right now that I, I found a few different, you know, like, tracker websites that, you know, that track in stock and out of stock. Uh, on you know, on different websites, because I absolutely know there's there's probably fifty thousand people that want a thirty that can and will buy a thirty ninety, 
And there's probably over a million people that buy a 3080 at this point. Well, a lot of them are actually waiting for the 3070 because for like, was it $400? For... Yeah, the 3070 seems very much. It's, get... it's, I'm looking at a 3072 as well. Um, but I, I do want to play with more 4K than I do 1440. Right. The, the 3070 would be, you know, more than adequate for, you know, for most 1440, uh, you know, 1440 players. Uh, Honestly, just, my card will do most 1440. Yeah. And my card's been running the ultra wide at 1440 for, you know, for a while. And it's a, you know, 2080, not a TI, not a super, it's just a 2080. Um, you know, so realistically, my my uplift as far as performance is going to be somewhere in the order of thirty to fifty percent or so. But that to me allows me to flip on ray tracing more on games that would have that uh, option, whereas I can flip on DLSS and somewhere so we get somewhat decent, you know, frame rates. The idea behind getting the the three thousand card though is not necessarily I need to have it right now. It's I know that I'm perfectly okay with the you know the twenty eighty for what I uh, what I'm doing currently. It's more of I would like to get it so that I could just not have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> you know, um, it's I'm... part of the build that I had uh, planned. It's on the parts list and it's the last part to complete. So for me, it bothers me on a, you know, on a, on a different level. It's not that I, I'm not worried that I can't get the card. I will eventually get a 30 card. It's just that I can't get it now so that I can check that fucking checkbox off, you know? So have you, have you been playing anything? So I have actually tried a few different things. Um, I have... Uh, tried and failed to get into uh, Wasteland 3. I have no idea why I'm bouncing off of that so hard. Uh, I have played the intro mission up to the point where you go to uh, well it's the intro mission. It's really the first combat mission. Um, uh I have played that four times and every single time I do, I fuck up somewhere in that first like hour worth of gameplay and how I, uh, uh, how I'm actually like giving people, you know, uh, their skill points because well, you can override that later. You can change that later. I mean, you can't reset it, but like, you're going to get a hell of a lot more than you do in that first hour. Right, but the thing is, is it, I was looking at, like... If you're going to play that specific, you might as well look at a build guide and then just build it from the onset. And, and that's what I ended up doing, is I failed four times, looked at a build guide, and I said, okay, well, what do I want for uh, for this? And then I looked at it, and about that time, I lost... As, you lost interest lost after interest. messing with it that much. I lost interest at that point. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, so I'm setting it aside. It's not that I'm not going to play it. It's just that I need to, yeah, I need to actually turn that part on. I've been, my, my brain's been kind of fucked for two weeks because of the whole fucking launch and watching a lot of fucking 
you know, benchmarking and YouTube videos and all kinds of shit for, you know, for the build that I've been, it's been hard for me to focus. So I said, I need something that's fucking Zen, like something that I can just like turn everything off and go. And so what, so you played Final Fantasy? No, I actually canceled my Final Fantasy subscription. You're welcome. Um, Warframe? I have Destiny? Not. Nope. What what's Zen? No Man's Sky. Oh, okay, there's been like five thousand updates to that. So No Man's Sky actually got a new update this week uh that introduces quite a bit of you know of changes. It's is the early game the same? The early game is kinda. Uh so there's been enough changes since I did a full playthrough of No Man's Sky that it feels like a new game. Okay. You know, there's, you know... Uh, how much zen have you put into this? Uh, probably somewhere in the order of 8 to 10 hours over the course of yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so it interests you again. Uh, so, so, yes. Um, I, I got into it fairly easily. Uh one of the problems that I've had with it in the past is that it felt really slow, you know, especially at the beginning. Um, but I I just said, I'm going to power through the, the slow part, get to the point where I can actually start doing some upgrades and some exploring. Uh, and then it just kind of opens up from there. Uh, so I've been working at that and, you know, f you know, farming units and, uh, and getting, uh, you know, getting nanites and checking out the uh, the space anomaly that's been reworked since the last time I played it, uh, where it's more like a fucking community hub, almost. Um, there's a lot more. Uh, you can actually see the technology trees. You know, like you can buy specific upgrades, and they all kind of branch out into a tree, so that you can. Uh, you can find the individual part that you want instead of it being like going to a um, uh, going to a factory and randomly getting it, you know, and failing hard because you have to go through a bunch of those fuckers to get the one that you want. So you can actually pick the upgrade that you get to pick the blueprint instead of it being completely random. So it gets rid of some of the random stupid grind. Right. But it adds a lot more. Like there's there is a lot more base blueprints and uh there's a lot more um like craftables in there. Like they've added food items, they've added uh they've added uh, a bunch of different like individual components that go into upgrades later on. Um, of course, some of those components are worth a lot of fucking money and take a lot of resources is, to build. Did they work the quest system well enough that it's kind of easy to figure out what you're doing to progress? Uh, it is actually, you know, pretty streamlined. Um, there is, uh, there is. Have a, you already gotten your first ship upgrade or are you still in the same ship? Uh, I'm still in the same ship, but that's only because I haven't you know, uh, that I haven't chosen to do that. So there's a couple things that's been changed. Um, you can actually upgrade the ship that you start with all the way to S class if you want to. 
I mean, it takes a fuckload of resources to do, but you can upgrade any ship that you find from whatever class it is, C-class, all the way up to S-class if you have enough nanites. Um, you can add uh, inventory slots to ships now. Instead of it being just, you know, random luck chance, you can actually get something that's close to max, like maybe a couple slots off, and then add those extra two, you know, slots later on. Um, with that, I mean, the upgrade of... Uh, the area where you upgrade the ship is also the area where you can scrap ships. So if you find a fucking, you know, a broke ass fucking piece of shit on the, you know, on the planet, normally it was like, oh, well, that's not good enough to, you know, to deal with all the broken components in it to be able to open up the slots again. You know, I'm just going to leave it to rot. And that was, you know, that was the last you saw that ship, right? Yeah, I tended to find a ship and then if I liked it, if I liked it, fix it up enough to get it to the, you know, whatever the ship in orbit is to get some basic components to start upgrading that sucker. And then that was like another, that was a day's worth of gameplay to get it back to where I wanted it for the other one. Right. So, so now all you need to do is you can actually uh, go to the cartographer, which is one of the NPCs now on the space station. You can, uh, you can buy a, map specifically for distress signals instead of it being just a random chance you can buy a fucking waypoint for it oh so, so you can find ships so you can find ships way easier by just you know looking for distress signals um and then you can go to the distress signal find the ship and if you're lucky it's like a hauler because those are always worth more because they have more slots like more inventory slots uh, and you can find the hauler you because you can have up to four ships. Uh, what I do is I hop into the you know uh, into the broke ass ship. I fix the launch, uh, uh, the launcher, and the uh, um, the pulse drive that allows you to go you know in system fast, and that allows you to fly that ship. It doesn't have shields, it doesn't have anything, but basically that allows it to, you know, the rust bucket to fly, right? doesn't take a whole lot of resources to do those Yeah, because you repairs. can go blow up a couple asteroids and you got the fuel to get where you need to in right. the galaxy. and it, it's actually fully fueled when you find it, so you don't even have to do that. Um, so you just repair those two things, it allows it to fly, you, you know, and you just fly off to the space station, take it to, you know, land it in the space station, go to that... Uh, uh, go to that kiosk and you can scrap it. Well, that's a free ship that you found on the uh, on the ground. It didn't cost you much more than whatever it cost, you know, like fifteen nanites for the fucking waypoint, right? Uh, and uh, I found a hauler, and I was able to scrap it for eight million. You know, and it's like it was like fifteen minutes worth of work. You know, eight you know eight million was a hell of a haul. And of course, you can get uh, you can get uh, upgrade modules for your ship from scrapping other ships. So you can get inventory upgrade modules for your ship off of the scrap from other ships. So you're going the route of just upgrading the ship you have. So no, it's more of I want to find the right chassis 
of ship that I want because uh, the starter ship is well, it's kind of useless. Um, I just every time I've played it, I, it's two factors like inventory space and cool factor. And if like the cockpit looks cool, it looks cool outside, right? Like it's kind of got a weird. I typically go for the ships that are a little bit asymmetrical, um, and it's got good inventory. Then I'm like, yeah, that's the one I'll go with for a, a few days. Yeah, it's for me. It's got to be maneuverable. I cannot stand anything that's uh, a shuttle or a hauler. Uh, and for you know, and for me, it's also the cockpit view. Like you jump into the hauler and it's very boxy. It's like you're in a fucking like shipping container flying through space. Uh, and I and I like to be able to see things. So for me, getting into a you know into a ship, I will hop into the cockpit of the ship and see what kind of view it has. And if it has a uh, uh, if it has decent maneuverability, then that ships for me. Because good view with good maneuverability, I want to be able to land on a pin if I want to. So, if you're zetting out to that by next week, does that mean you're going to have it beat? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that quick. Um, because there is quite a bit more to the game now than there was when I first played it. When you get to the part where you start getting mechs or underwater exploration, I want to know what that's like. Because I, I kind of have it in a spot where I might play it, but I've got other things that I'm dicking around with right now. Right. The underwater exploration, it's, that was kind of a, I don't know, I, I look at it as kind of, uh, kind of a gimmick. There's not a whole lot of water worlds that I like, and they're not very deep, per se. They're like, you're thinking, strand, you know, you're thinking like, Subnautica. Subnautica, and it's not Subnautica. It's not going to be anywhere close to that. Um, you know, the the water worlds where you build water bases and stuff like that are probably more like one building layer deep, and it's not really worth building the sub uh, for it. So maybe you find something different with this latest build. Maybe. They have added uh, quite a few things. So they've added... Uh, the ability for uh, uh, for planets to generate mountain ranges. So everything used to be like really rolling hills, right? There was never anything that was grand in scale, like nothing you had to like look straight up at. Um, so so one of the changes was they've added mountain ranges. In fact, there's a, an entire uh, there's an entire planet biome called uh, Imminent Core Meltdown or Imminent Core Destruction or something like that is a uh, is a planet type, and you go there and it's nothing but mountains. Like everything is mountains. Like they just turned the mountain slider all the way to maximum. You can barely land on these on this planet because everything is so spiky. Um, but uh, that basically showed me what the mountain, you know, what the mountain slider or what the mountain generation could do. Uh, and it was pretty cool because the planet was like on fire. <laughs> that was another thing. Uh, if you're on a uh, if you're on a planet that is hot and has firestorms, 
the ground itself will catch fire. Um, you will see fire tornadoes because that's a thing that they've added. Uh, you will see lightning from storms, which is another thing. Uh, the uh, cloud cover gets really thick when it's stormy, uh, so you can see a lot of those uh, a lot of those changes. Uh, I have not found one yet, but if you go to kind of like a sandy planet, uh, there are sandworms, and they are fucking massive. They are huge, and they pop out of the fucking ground randomly and fucking go on their merry way, but if you're in their fucking line of fire or where they're going to land, you can get fucked up. So it sounds like overall there's been enough changes for that game to actually be kind of good. So what the general consensus of the internet was when that launched, which was a couple of days ago, was um, this is what the game should have been at launch. Well, they're and finally is, there, what, two and a half years later? Right. You know, it's, it's been, it's it's been a, a while. It's but, a small team. I feel like Sean Murray has really redeemed himself over the last couple of years. That's another thing. It's free. Like, it's a free update. All of these things... Like, the game has changed so much since I last played it all the way through, and everything that they've added has been free. Um, so, I mean, as much as I really did kind of dog shit, you know, I, I did kind of dog I shit. I think we the all game. did. Uh, and I think everybody did on the internet. Um, uh, because, well, blatant lies were blatant lies, right? Um, it just didn't hit the expectations, and it wasn't ready. The the fact that they went the route that they did and continued to support and update the game and just not charge for that is mind-blowing. Like, they put a lot of fucking work into it. A couple of years worth of work into, you know, improving well, this game. And having some of the support of being a part of several different free game things. I think has probably paid its way in spades with keeping them afloat while they've been doing this. Well, I mean, sales have been fairly, you know, fairly decent. You know, the the price of it has been uh, bouncing around on Steam for a while. Yeah, um, but you can get it on Game Pass. Yeah, you can get it on Game Pass, but you can, you know, but uh, it's gone down to as low as like what, ten or fifteen bucks on Steam to up to its full price you know it is technically still a full price game on steam uh it's just been on sale a lot i think it's been free isn't it wasn't it free on epic games at one point i don't think but it was was. but it's been on game pass for quite some time right now like one of the original titles yeah it's overall though yeah if you haven't played the game it's probably in its best state um a lot of the bugs that I ran into have been fixed. A lot of the UI has been, you know, has been revamped. Um, it's easier to get around things and it's easier to track what you're doing. Uh, so, and the game looks all right for a, for a 100% procedurally generated game. Of course, you're going to have the, the weird eight legged fucking like stick figure fucking monsters running around the fucking planet. But, they're varied enough that it's it's like playing a spaceship exploration game in the Spore universe. I was about to say Spore. <laughs> so it's 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 
worth picking up, especially if you play it on Game Pass. It's it's you know it's it's gonna be probably I don't know. The last time I played it was about forty hours, forty fifty hours, something like that. Um, and I did a you know fair bit of exploring. Uh, apparently they've streamlined the the main quest so that you can kind of get through it fairly quickly because the main part of the game is exploring. Uh, so I don't know. I'm working through that right now. I'll say I've been playing a lot of variety of things. I'll say I didn't really have anything to pick up per se, but a lot of things have hit 1.0 that were part of my early access stuff. I've been trying to get away from buying too much early access. Um, so in that spree of things, Hades got its 1.0 release. It sounds like a fantastic game, by the way. It's I actually my to... least favorite of the ones I'm playing right now. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, just I'm, I'm I know that some the uh, the opinions of others when it when they talk about Hades and they were saying that's oh it's a contender for the end of the year. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I get into the loop. Here's the thing: I get impatient with it a little bit. Um, and the reason I get impatient with it is the the runs leave my hands tired because there's so much movement. It's one of those Twitch roguelikes where not Twitch the platform, but Twitches, and you've lots of dodge shoot, dodge slash, dodge shoot, dodge slash, dodge special move. Like you know, you got to be scooting around a lot. Yeah, and it leaves my hands tired, and so. Yes, it's in a good spot. Maybe I will get to a place where I really want to play it more, but I've actually been playing a whole lot more of a couple of other games that have really caught my attention again. Mm -hmm. um, Phoenix Point continues to get updates. Um, it's in its best form right now. Um, I have a veteran game going and a regular game going. The veteran game, I think I've boogered up enough that I'm fucked. Um, here's kind of what happens with Phoenix Point. So as you shoot the aliens, they start to armor up and mutate over each run or each different encounter that you have. So they get tougher to kill. Now, they offset some of this where your regular weapons, um, so you start off with, like, you know, regular ballistic weapons, like a regular shotgun, a regular assault rifle, etc. right? They do shred damage, so they shred armor. And so they're still effective, but your first few shots are not. It's just they're basically pulling off armor. Um, and then they start to dig in. And so in my veteran game, they everything evolves a lot faster, and I'm getting kind of fucked. So I went to a rookie game, which is still fairly hard in that game, um, and started playing it, replaying it again. And like the meta game of that is to get two squads going as fast as possible, so you can explore more of the map. Um, the way that unlocks uh, unlock in that game is that you get two of the same item, and then you're able to research it and unlock it. Which means if you recruit a certain soldier faction, right, you start to unlock their gear by disarming that soldier and then getting their stuff and then you could dismiss them if you want or keep them right um, and then you got to build it so the economy though has been worked a little bit better it seems like it's a lot easier to stay on top of my economy to keep my army going but now i've got three armies going in that game and i've stolen three different uh carriers basically so i can ferry people around the, the world and i'm getting through it a little bit faster the in between story beats in the game, I've gotten a lot clearer and a lot better. Um, they've added quite a bit with some of the random stuff. The DLC stuff's been pretty cool so far. I haven't gotten super deep, but I've put about 20 hours in the last two weeks into it. Mm -hmm. And actually had a pretty fair amount of fun doing it. 
Um, also, it looks like they sharpened up the UI a hell of a lot. They sharpened up, it really looks good in 1440 and in 4K, but it doesn't run real good at 4K with uh, 1070. So it's been regulated to 1440 for a while now. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, it's the best one of best looking one of those right now on PC. And it's available also on Game Pass. It's just I was impatient and wanted to support Julian Gollop, so I bought it on Epic. Yeah. It'll be on its Steam release. They're going to do kind of like a Game of the Year thing with all DLCs, because um, all DLCs should be out by this December when they release it on Steam. So if you're one of those people that was crying about it being on Epic Store, your wish has been fulfilled, and it, and it will be on Steam for you to play. Um, for the rest of us, I've been playing it for the last several months. Um, I guess you missed out on that. Yeah. Um, but overall, having a blast with it. Still having fun with it. Um and it is one of those games that I can play for a little bit, put down. But I literally spent like a big chunk of the any time off that I've had. I've had a really fuckered week the last few last couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I had to replace a hot water heater, which was my thirty eighty money. Oh man, um, that was right at, oh, almost at six hundred bucks. Um, I wasn't feel real confident about myself, and I was gonna hire somebody to do it until i realized that it cost two thousand dollars to hire somebody to install a hot water heater oh jesus so that was immediately off the table and i was like what do i do dad and he's like put it in didn't you have didn't you mess with this stuff when you were way younger i was like yeah but it's been a while he's like how hard is it to hook up a hot water heater i was like probably not that hard now that i remember that i've done it a few times it's really not so i called up matt and matt used to help me deliver plumbing components. And what you don't know is that 20 years ago, um, or almost 20 years ago, me and Matt used to deliver plumbing supplies all over town. And very often we'd be delivering shit to old plumbers because we worked for one of these like homegrown local business like plumbing supply stores, which all the old school plumbers used. Right. And they all paid the delivery people to help them install shit. So me and Matt have a very diverse background in installing toilets and hot water heaters and all sorts of shit from helping plumbers set these things. So I was like, Matt, we need to install a hot water heater. And I was going to pay him and he refused because he's just a good guy. So kudos to Matt. For good guy, Matt. Came out, you know, met me at Home Depot. I picked out the hot water heater, grabbed a couple of hoses. And then, you know, me and him shot the shit for four hours. And really the installation took us like an hour. Um. So, but and that's mostly moving it. <laughs> yeah, the the bitch part was is it's not that it's really heavy. It's just I can't get my fucking arms around it, and there's no handles on this fucker. So you got to lift it from the bottom, which really means two people. And the code that's here in my town means that it has to sit above the ground about three feet. So you have to pick it up about waist level and set it in a little closet. Um, and it was a real fucker day too, because I was out in the garage feeding the dogs on a Sunday, getting ready to play some video games, like mow the lawn and just chill out. And I hear a weird noise and I look over there and I'm like half awake when I'm feeding the dogs, go back out in the garage. And I was like, what is that? And at first I thought like the gas broke and I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit. Right. And then and there's a bunch of water and then I oh. open the door and there's about three nickel sized holes in the bottom of the water heater that are just leaking water all over the place. So it, it actually hit the uh, the pressure release. Because those, no. I mean, hot water heaters are pressure vessels. So uh, after a while, uh, the 
you know, if it gets to too high a pressure, instead of exploding, they've got a safety measure. Uh, measure well, they do, but it didn't actually hit that. It's just there's a lot of sediment in the water here, and it rusted out the bottom of the water heater. Oh, my God. Really? And so it just blew a hole in the bottom, basically. Fuck. Well. So um, it's a gas hot water heater. It made we, its own pressure release. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, disconnecting and reconnecting, the hardest part was just getting up in there. Um, if it wasn't for the unwieldiness of it, I could have done it on my own. Yeah. And I just looked at it and I was like, oh, there's literally like four connections and I got a lot of pilot light. Like, this is not fucking hard. And I got a decent hot water heater. I mean, I didn't get the cheapest one. Right. Well. Because I need it to last a while. I got the one with the, like, the nine year warranty because fuck that. Right. You don't want to do this again. So, you know. know, Anytime soon. Hot water and heater installed, most of my video card money gone, all but about 50 bucks. That's all right, because you're probably not going to be able to get it anytime soon anyway. So, um, it's, you know, back to square one with that. But, I did play another game. Yeah. Um, I've put a shitload of time into this stupid little game that I bought last year on Early Access called Atomicrops. I was like, this is pretty cool, but not done. <laughs> and I'm showing Jason I was dicking around with it before you got here. I've probably put... Most of my lunches over this week, any bit of my time off after work, so from about 9 to midnight every night playing this uh, the last few days. So I've probably put, I think I've put 10 hours into it already since Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was a really random thing. I was like, I'm going to try to Atomic Crops out. A 1.0 released a little while ago. Let's give it a shot. And I really like it. Um, I've already unlocked one of the characters. I've already beat one of the seasons so far. Essentially what Atomic Crops is, it's a bullet hell roguelike farming simulator. I know all three of those things don't, two of those things go together, one of those doesn't. Um, The farming simulator part. So basically what you do is you've got an area to, you've got unlockable areas that you go to. It's kind of an isometric game. Shooter. Like a twin stick shooter essentially, right? If you play it with a gamepad, it is very much a twin stick shooter. Okay. And you go over to an area, you kill these, like, rabbits and other random, crazy, goofy-looking Looney Tunes-ash pixel art animals. <laughs> and they drop seeds and things for you to plant. And then you take those things back over to your plot, and you plant them, and you water them. So right-click is your, your tilling and your planting. Um, you auto-water. So you hit a bucket. And that refills you, and then it, you're just whatever you're closest to you're watering, so you don't have to hit a button to water. Okay. And you've got, you start off with a minute and a half to go gather seeds, and then you spend three waves of one minute each defending your crops. And you've got to water and plant while you bullet hell. And then you can kind of create mega crops by planting a four, two by a two by two row, right? Two up, two sideways. Right. So a little square that creates a mega crop and all those sell for different prices. And then you get fertilizer from killing enemies. So their meat is the fertilizer. So you hit space bar once you got enough fertilizer and then it makes the crops grow a little bit more. So by the meat of your enemies, you're feeding your crops. (laughs) Um, The season, you know, then that little bit of the season ends, you go to a little like waiting area. You use cashews as your currency to pick up another weapon right and then you can upgrade that weapon and then there's a few other upgrades you can buy with those cashews you earned 
season is three days long, right? So about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the season, there's a boss, right? So um, you fight the boss, right? All the bosses kind of have different mechanics. Um, a lot of them have different phases. The art in it is pretty good, honestly. It's pretty out there, but it's pretty good. Um, the sun going from like shining rainbows to being a big angry like Alice in Chains sun is pretty cool. Um, um, okay. But it's it's difficult, but it's not... You get a lot of like stacked upgrades from every season. So when you're done, you go back to the mayor. The mayor gives you a bunch of rewards. So you get these cornucopias, which are your static points for upgrades later in the game when the run is over. And then a bunch of like passives that you get so like i might have this thing that orbits around me that blocks bullets i might have something on me that slows bullets altogether. i might get a fucking horse that helps me run faster right and you use all of those upgrades right you get your weapon and you go back and you do some more fighting and more planning and then you try to unlock another area and so basically in each of these areas you kind of go in a big like semicircle right until it's about time to go fight then haul your ass back over to your plot and defend it, and plant, and till your fields, and uh, do a bullet hell for about three minutes, and then it's over. So it's in these little chunks that are great for like a thirty minutes of play, like on a lunch break, is perfect. Um, and I've I'm really proud to say that I finally beat the first season. Right, it ends the season. It lets you start on season two, which is harder with better rewards. Right, and then you continue to unlock static upgrades for you. So. One of the upgrades I have is based on how many days I survived is how many I get to keep so many upgrades from the prior run. So like it might be my weird watering cow. So like they're, these are all really like Sega style <laughs> upgrades, right? They make no sense, but it works somehow. Weird watering cow. Yeah, he's got a hole in him and that hole doesn't dump milk out. It just waters the crops and he wanders yeah. around. That's weird. It's really weird. Um, you know, I've got like chickens that go around eating weeds and dropping like, like, uh, eggs that have fertilizer in them or sometimes chickens, like there's a static upgrade that you can get that the chickens lay actual eggs, which unlock more chickens, which weed more things, which drops more meat for you to collect and feed to your plants. There's no making sense of it. It's an acid trip. Huh. I mean, that wasn't like... Readily apparent by the name of the game. Atomic Crops. Atomic Crops. It's even got a great little animated intro where your little dude, like, inherits a farm, and then he falls down into this bomb shelter, and then a nuclear explosion blows up, and then he's the sole survivor of the farm, and now he's got to run the farm in a nuclear, weird, zany apocalypse. It's very, like, 1980s. Interesting. Um, But... I will say the game is just addictive as fuck. Um, and it's one of those games that you probably wouldn't pick up just randomly because you've never heard of it, but is it's available on all platforms right now for, uh, if you get it on sale, it's like 10 bucks on, on the expense of it's 15. Wow. If you watch gameplay of it though, like watch somebody's run because there's not a lot of how to atomicrops out there. Cause it's a pretty indie game. Right. But, Right now, it is the roguelike that I like the best. Uh, I mean, it's... And it's, I really like... fun. I like the stupid music, too. It might drive some people crazy, but I do. It's, it sounds I like fun. the weird fucking upgrades you get. Like, there's a tractor that grinds things into meat, 
um, that you can drop as an upgrade. So you've got a tractor that will weed your whole plot. You've got a tractor that waters. You've got a tractor that drops. It if you're by your crops, you can use it to obliterate enemies. It drops on a big group of enemies, and then also like plants extra rows for you and fertilizes everything. You've got a tractor that digs holes so that if you're out and about, you can get back to your area really quickly, like a warp. Um, like you get all these weird other upgrades, like you get one, like a, so you unlock these doves, right? Again, like the weird randomness and the doves will water your crops or they're pigeons. They'll water your crops or they'll like got an upgrade called blood rain, which will fertilize your crops or like regular rain, which will drop a rain cloud over your crops. It's very just weird. Like if Ren and Stippy was in a pixel art form like this was, was made by those that, people i was just thinking that it's like okay this is kind of like the close-ups of ren and stimpy's fucking like pimples yeah like it's just weird it's like it's like uncomfortably weird yeah and then you know when your plants are ready they're all like dancing so when you know they're dancing and flashing that means that you're, it's time to harvest so like on your controller it's like you just hold down the b button it's got a circle around you and anything that circle touches is harvested um but, like, there's some strategy to it. Like, if you want to build a bigger plant, you get, like, 50% reward, extra rewards by doing it that way. So you might plant three and then wait till you get the seed for the fourth before you plant it so that you can, you know, get the, the extra mimic. 50%. Yeah. Right. Like, you trade, in, you trade in, so, like, you get roses and another currency, and the roses you trade into like a group of two different people and you end up marrying one of them and they give you extra rewards and then they follow you around helping you out and the people that are there like there's a really crusty looking cross-dressing farmer which is one of them (laughs) um super crusty looking like he's like like hick mechanic steve in a dress like he's just super crusty looking right let's want to get that ren and stimpy thing right okay Right, and so like walks around saying you've got part of mouth. Yeah, no, oh no. He's got like weird zits and shit like all over him. Like it's just got that kind of weird, kind of grisly art style to it, mixed with some weird cute. You want to pop my pimple? But oh, oh god. Anyways, so I've gone from maybe to oh, this sounds like a good game to oh my god, no. To, uh, it's, it's, it's all right, I guess. And then after that, like, No Man's Sky's looking really good right now. I would just say if you're in the mood. So, like, Another Gungeon is incredibly hard and the reward factor on it's pretty low until you get really good. The, you feel rewarded no matter how far you, unless you die on day one, which I've done before. But you feel rewarded if you can make it past a boss because you get a little bit of take back for the next run. Right. And then beating the first year was a pretty big, it felt like a Dark Souls-like accomplishment. Because I finally figured out, oh, this is a tip, and it's, you should know, because it was uh, three hours of frustration for me on multiple runs until I figured it out. The last boss of the season requires you to harvest crops to damage the the dude. Um, So you have to bullet hell while farming, while killing other enemies, but trying to avoid the boss... And getting your crops, so like when you harvest the crops, it like sends buzz saws across the screen and like damages the boss. And it took me about 10 minutes until I finally really figured that out. I harvested something and saw his health meter go down. I was like, well, this is a new mechanic. 
but yeah, the the last boss was me frantically planting whatever all over and keeping that shit alive because he burns everything. So you have to continually water and stay close to your crops. Um, oh wow! Okay, you get a second character unlock pretty early on that has turrets, and he is way strong. It's way more worth it to have a turret by your garden than it is to have somebody that has twenty percent growth. The initial character has a twenty percent growth bonus for plants. But you don't, I tend to like having the turrets because you can get four turrets and actually go continue to harvest shit and seeds and all sorts of things in the other part of the map. Well, it defends your whole plot for the most part while you're dicking around. So you can plant a bunch of seeds with him and then run and go get all the seeds from a whole map during one of the raids. Unless it's a boss wave, like you can do everything you need to over the night with your turrets defending your crops. So, anyways, Atomic Crops. Yeah. I like it. It seems seems right up your alley. It's it, it, With the exception of the Bullet Hell, it's kind of surprising that, you, that you're recommending and, and playing a Bullet Hell game. It's like Nuclear Throne meets Stardew Valley. Okay. I mean, I, I Not quite see... as good a music as Nuclear Throne. I really like the music of Nuclear Throne. <laughs> Um, I really like Nuclear Throne, although I've never beat it, but it's it's fun and rewarding. This is a little bit more rewarding, and I like the farming component. Yeah, it, it sounds it, it sounds crazy enough to uh, you know to actually work. I mean, we've had some you know. It's gonna be on my list somewhere this year. Um, I, I just, just haven't. Surprise, yeah. I just haven't gotten tired of it. Like I would rather play that than Hades right now. I really like. I like the guys. I like uh, Super Giant quite a bit. Um, art style on Hades is fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. but it makes my hands tired. Yeah, and I have to be in a certain mood to play a game like that. That's that fast, um, but I wear out. Right, Atomic Crops doesn't really wear me out. Like the Bullet Hell is slow enough that it's making you focus on the mastery of farming while you Bullet Hell. So the Bullet Hell isn't quite as hard most of the time. Like there's a weird rabbit boss called like the bunder man or something like that that okay launches all these holes on the ground that spawn a shitload of rabbits so you have to go around shooting holes <laughs> basically you gotta you gotta kill the holes right and then you can damage him but you need to have a really high damage weapon honestly gatling gun for the win on most bosses if you can find the gatling gun you can fucking tear ass through all seasons with it nice so, anyways, I've talked at length. We need to take a break. I really got to pee, so let's... I got to get off my ass. We'll be back. back boom Woo. you get some of this nerd speak out of the way we've been gone for two weeks and it's been a while since we've been it's been a month since we've all been in the same room yeah yep yeah jason was sleeping i mean laying down in his i mean you know doing something in his he was putting up fucking zoom backgrounds in his fucking <laughs> no more starship enterprise while we uh do our call right um you miss it. No, I don't. There's been some big things that have come out recently. Um, I mean, 
aside from the NVIDIA debacle that we've got going on right now, we're still trying to figure out Rusty's over here on our break talking about which die version to get. Um, as he has went into granular detail on picking out his purchase, even though he almost spent 1800 bucks, which I'm glad he did not. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into over detail right now, but there are reports right now of the 3080, the first run 3080s, specifically like the partner cards, like your um, Zotax and whatnot, are crashing to desktop and... Uh, it's being investigated right now, but some of the details that we've got uh, so far has to do with how each partner is manufacturing the card. So you're going to want to look into uh, uh, into this to kind of sway your purchasing decision if something becomes available, which it probably won't for the next couple months, so you'll have time. Anyway, some other really big things. Um, so there was a huge acquisition at seven and a half billion dollars. Um, Microsoft purchased Bethesda and Zenimax. Hey, guy, I'm just going to like buy like literally your everything for seven and a half billion dollars. OK, cool. I mean, I'm actually it's, okay. it's not pocket, worth near that it, much. It's just pocket but, change to me, so I could I could buy all the stock of the 3090s and not have. A I'm just, it's a crazy amount of money. Um, <laughs> but we're if you are a Game Pass subscriber, which is still the best deal on the internet for gaming. Um, Seven and a half billion dollars. I can't even fucking wrap my head around that number. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But if you if you just look at the catalog. That they picked up. Holy I mean, yes. This isn't like this is a small to mid range developer. This is a major developer publisher that they just purchased. Well, I think it's really cool because um, that means that they get an additional Q and A team, which Bethesda desperately needs. Uh, yes, um, and you know maybe an additional layer of pass before things are released um i read somewhere that the stuff that was on commitment to be released on other platforms is still there and it doesn't mean that some of this stuff doesn't get released to other platforms it just means that game pass continues to beat the piss out of sony when it comes to having an online library of stuff to play well i mean it's and gotten it's, so bad at this point that sony has basically said uh yeah we're not doing any game pass type service any longer no i think microsoft's a loss leader with this but with that being said like it's pulling a lot of people to their system whether it be pc because pc game pass is definitely a thing um or their console right and i think the fact that it for the master race over here rusty mm-hmm. um yes that part of it actually is pretty beneficial in a lot of ways. And a lot of these games, especially the stuff that by the partner, by the partners they own, you basically just get it forever. At least anything like a gears of war or like state of decay or now the fallouts, you know? Yeah. There's like, there's some real benefits. There's a rumor going around right now that doom eternal is coming on October 1st to game pass. And I still haven't played doom eternal. And for the checkout on Game Pass, yeah, maybe I will be checking out Doom Eternal. That actually comes right during the middle of my staycation. So yeah. that's 
not a bad thing. If I find out I like Doom Eternal and Rusty and Mackie from BMF or No Quarters have both kind of swayed me from it, um, I will give it a shot and then see if it pisses me off or if I like it. It's, right? it's really only one enemy type in that game that, that pisses you off. And once you get to it... You beat it, didn't you? Yeah, I beat it. Okay. I mean, humble brag, but yeah, but uh, I beat it. Um, but the... Uh, the that one enemy every time it pops up you're gonna fucking hate it and i i guarantee you i'll put money on it that you're gonna fucking hate it uh, and yeah you'll know as soon as you see it so but either way um but you know that that would be kind of i've been trying to spend my money a little bit wiser this year and i have been able to save more money from a wedding by doing this mm-hmm by trying to get play a lot of the new release stuff that's on the services versus brand new. Yeah. It's and a, it has helped me out pretty substantially, to be honest with you. It's a big win for people who uh, who are into uh, or subscribe to Game Pass uh, because that gives you a, a wide range of fairly decent games. I mean... Bethesda's been hit and miss, sure, but there's still a wide range of games. I will say right now is the best time ever to try out 76 if you're even remotely interested. Because it's literally on Game Pass at this point. (laughs) I almost started playing it again the other day. And if I get... I think I'm about 100 hours into that stupid game. If if I get really bored, maybe... But uh, I'd have to be like ultra su- super bored. I think um, it's not. It's not boring. It's just it's a more open ended Fallout. It's so this is so the the whole Xbox buys Bethesda thing. Well, it's more like like Zenimax, right? So everything that falls underneath that. Um, yeah, and, and I wonder includes... what that does for like the subscription services for Elder Scrolls Online because that got substantially better too and i dicked around with that and our mutual friend of the show earl has been playing eso now for about four months straight right so eso is not going to change um as far as what uh what was released so far as far as news immediately after this was announced uh zenimax uh and bethesda you know the the guys behind eso said nothing's going to change you're still going to have access to your game uh, and there's not much that you're going to have to worry about based off of this deal. Um, so, you know, everything's going to continue. New expansions will come out. It'll, it'll basically be, you know, just another name on top of, you know, the same, you know, same names, Zenimax, Bethesda, you know, for those titles, you won't have to worry about that. Um, it's not like it's going to immediately go for, you know, go, you know, to a, uh, you know, a different subscription model or anything like that. And I think, uh, Microsoft is perfectly fine letting that group that's been managing the, uh, the MMO manage the MMO because no company really wants to get in, dig their hands deep into an MMO because it's volatile when you do that. Um, what, and they've I got see, a pretty good model for the MMO. I mean, you can play, 
if you own the game, basically you can play the game. It's just the subscription unlocks some classes and things like that right. that you don't have access to. It's and, and, and the subscription's cheap enough that you can turn it on and off whenever you want to dick with it. Yeah, if if you want to do you know something like that, but I think that it's it's been fairly successful the way it is, and Microsoft would be you know kind of out of their fucking minds to actually change anything there. Uh, Since what, it took two and a half years for ESO to be good. Yeah, and and what the uh, what the big news behind this and the big fear was is that when uh, when Microsoft you know snapped up all of these IPs. I mean, you're looking at you know Dishonored, Wolfenstein, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, uh, Starfield. Evil Within, Prey, all these, you know, all these different... Uh, I wonder how they're going to make their money back, though. That's a huge amount of money. So, it's it's going to be based off of, you know, off of generating new IPs. Look, I don't, I don't care what I you... I would th- like to see if Obsidian muddies their hands again with Bethesda since Obsidian did the best Fallout. So... Maybe they purchased it. Let's just... I'm getting into, like, super conspiracy theory thing here. Did you see the tweet? Uh-uh. Okay, so the day that this was announced, where Microsoft snapped up Bethesda, uh, somebody tweeted at Obsidian and said, so, Fallout New Vegas 2? Question mark? And uh, Obsidian replied back to the uh, tweet with the whole, like, shruggy face. <laughs> um, like, I, I wouldn't possibly. Read. Who knows? You know, it's... It, I mean... The idea of them kind of being but under you, the same umbrella you, again. You know what? You know what is really crazy. All three Fallout developers are under the same umbrella. Right. In Exile, the original makers of it, Bethesda, who bought it, mm-hmm. Obsidian, who's also worked on it, who also had the original creators behind it. They may actually finally have the horsepower to make the best version of Fallout again. Possibly, you know. So. There's Four a, years down the road. There's a number of different things that's, you know, that can come from this. Of course, uh, Starfield is fairly, you know, is, is going to be a new game, new IP. Um, you're going to have Elder Scrolls 6 that's coming out uh, sometime when it's ready, hopefully. Uh, Elder Scrolls itself, just that one game, is going to be a good chunk of money back, uh, you know, for, uh, for Microsoft. Uh, I anticipate that being fairly, you know, yeah, fairly good. People will pick up Starfield. I mean, I'm super curious, right? Right. And there's multiple other things, multiple other things that they can do with that. Of course, Doom has always been around, and it's not going away. Obviously, you know, Doom Eternal did all right, even though it has its own issues. But then again, Doom 2016 technically had its own issues as well and it's and it did fantastically. Um it's one of the ga- it's it's a game that that kind of started PC gaming on its like on, on the same trajectory as it is right now uh and will probably endure through you know throughout time. Um so we plan some version of Doom when we're in our 70s. Yeah, of course. Um on the, baby mode. <laughs> yeah. On you know, don't hurt me, daddy. Um, but the uh, the idea behind getting Doom, you know, and and holding on to that IP is 
you know, just a money maker just because uh, it's that. I IP. just, it's just crazy because you really think it's Bethesda, Zenimax, and ID that they acquired. Yeah, all in one fell swoop. Yeah, I mean that that's a crazy, uh, crazy acquisition, and it's weird. This has all happened in the last like year and a half with what they're doing. And I'm not a fanboy of Microsoft. Let me just kind of get that out there, but. Right. They're making some decisions in the gaming world where, for a little while, a couple years ago, we thought that they were going to get their skin out of the game. We were actually at a point where we thought Microsoft might have been done. And then they make these huge moves to grab all these studios for Game Pass. And then Game Pass is like one of the most subscribed to services in gaming ever. And it's because they've got some good titles on there and then they rotate it out, right? And for a lot of people, it's not that I don't have the money. It's just I'm I'm holding money in reserve. We've got a pandemic going on. We have no idea what is going to happen with your money. So I'm spending money wisely in all regards. You know, right? It's the uh, but Game Pass isn't actually making them you know boatloads of money. Uh, it, it's keeping my attention though. You know, it's it's keeping people subscribed to live, which you know, it helps keep the infrastructure up. And of course, uh, they'll have their game streaming service, which will tie very well into games on Game Pass. Uh, so, you know, being able to stream games and play pretty much wherever you've got an internet connection is going to be, you know, a, a fairly decent, you know, uh, a decent draw to the platform. I really wonder how that subscription model works. Is it the amount of people that, on the pay model, does it the amount of people that play your game is the amount of royalties you're going to get? Uh, I don't know. It's all speculation as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I would. If we ever get somebody on the show that has a game on Game Pass, I would be very curious as to how that works. Yeah, or if, I it, mean, if, if they can actually say anything about it, because a lot of the... Some, you know, some weird NDA with yeah, it. There's, there might be some kind of contractual thing there, but um, I'm sure that the, you know, the developers are, are compensated for uh, you know, for probably downloads or uh, or plays, um, if not playtime, um, for uh, for people who you know pick up games on Game Pass, uh, of course, because game you know games on Game Pass don't stay there forever. There's always the option of purchasing that game from uh, from that store uh, at a discount, uh, normally immediately after it goes off of Game Pass or just before it goes off of Game Pass and goes on sale on the you know, Xbox But honestly, Game most of it's the first-party stuff that I like playing. Yeah. So the gear stuff or, the, you know, not the Bethesda stuff because I've been purchasing that for a while, but the, you know, like the Outer Worlds, right? Like I've actually never picked that up. I've been playing it off and on Game Pass. I was looking at it the other day and I was like, do I want to play this right now? Yep. Yeah, it's because the DLC. And I was actually thinking, I'll drop twelve bucks on the DLC since I played it on Game Pass, and then just play it. You know, yeah. The um, the having that group of uh, of you know IPs, uh, the fact that Bethesda, even though have they've stumbled a, a bit in the past few years uh, as far as their game quality, getting we've already seen that you know getting under the Microsoft umbrella, you know, opens you up to a whole new QA team, which will allow you to, you know, to make the game right. Um, 
so hopefully the quality improves. Uh, and we already know that Bethesda is is going to be uh, going with a you know an upgraded engine for uh, for the Elder Scrolls Six and future games. So so all all Microsoft needs to do now is acquire THQ Nordic and um huh. you know and uh and deep and, silver and, and everybody else and like and literally by the internet and then you just have you just play everything through their service for cheap well the uh the concern and to this is the devil's advocate part of this is the um uh the concern um, immediately following this was oh well these games are going to now be exclusive to the Xbox platform which um, I don't think that's actually the case and to you know the response to that is very unlikely. Um, there are still going to be PlayStation exclusives that were being worked on uh, by those studios. That's going to well, Outer Worlds on. was on PS4, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at cross-platform stuff, right? So, um, there's the uh, PlayStation exclusives that would be like the God of War or the Horizon Zero Dawn. Those were exclusive uh, to that platform. You couldn't play it on Xbox. Well, it's on PC now, though. But they've, uh, you know, they've allowed those, you know, allowed Horizon Zero Dawn at least to go to PC. Uh, Death Stranding is another example as well. Um, but that was after it was on PlayStation for a period of six months to a year. I think it was more than a year, wasn't it? For Horizon, it was a little more than a year. Um, the uh, the idea though is that it's not on you know on the Xbox platform. You know, the I you know the worry is that those you know the games that Microsoft just snapped up these IPs, uh, people were worried. Oh, those are just going to be Microsoft exclusive. I'm going to have to buy a Xbox Series X to you know to be able to play any of these games in the future. Uh, or you know, or pick up the Game Pass uh, and play it on PC if you know if and when they become available on PC. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. Um, Microsoft has already proven that they've been able to uh, to release games to a, a a wide range of different platforms. Yeah, Steam's got ODST on it right now. Well, that and I mean, look at Minecraft. I mean, Microsoft. That was one of the first big acquisitions for Microsoft was Minecraft. And Minecraft is literally playable on anything that has a screen. Um, <laughs> pretty much, uh, you have you can play it on your phone, you know, the Switch. You can play it on any platform, um, and it's always had a home on PC. So it's one of the you know one of the games that's more widely cast around uh, and available on multiple platforms. The um, the money that they've gotten from uh, from Minecraft has been huge. Uh, it makes no sense for uh, for Microsoft to hamstring themselves uh, and only you know only allow certain IPs to be exclusive to Xbox from this acquisition, especially considering how expensive it was. Uh, they're going to want a wide range of people buying these games from whatever platform they choose to play it from. So seeing a Microsoft game on a PlayStation is probably not completely out uh, unheard of. 
and will probably be something that you will see more of in the future because Microsoft is more than what Xbox is. They are a software company. You know, first and foremost, they were a software company. Uh, and they only ended up getting into, you know, console hardware, you know, well after the fact. So, sure, they're going to probably leverage some of these things to try to sell Xboxes, but I don't think it's going to be widespread. Um, well, and, it, it, and even if they do, it's only going to be for the for early launch stuff to be able to sell the, the Series X just to kind of give something special. I don't think it's going to be any of these Bethesda titles. It's not going to be anything that they picked up from Cinemax. But here's the thing that you'll get having it on Microsoft when they have a studio acquisition is that you can play it on Game Pass versus picking it up on full price on the other platforms. And you can, yeah, and you can do that. Uh, and that gives you a, uh, a way of playing a game or testing a game to see if it's something that you're going to want to buy. And honestly, I don't think that I collect games the way that I used to because I don't find myself replaying the way that I used to. And it's the closest thing I have to renting. So for the stuff by studios that they own are going to continue to be on there. So the statement they had have been skimming the stories while we've been talking about it is that Bethesda stuff is going to be on there like going forward, essentially. Well, if it gets rid of the Bethesda launcher, I'm happy with that because fuck that fucking launcher. Um, <laughs> if, if I can launch all of their games from the, you know, from the Xbox game pass, you know, launcher, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to have that, um, you know, just one less launcher. I got rid of the Bethesda launcher as soon as I was done with doom eternal. Um, but the, uh, the, I don't think it's going to be the, the worst thing in the world for uh, for Microsoft to actually you know make this this happen. I think it's only going to get better for people who are already bought into Xbox Game Pass, like we have, um, and it gives people more incentive to choose a service like that uh, to uh, you know to you know be able to dip your toes into a game instead of you know, going $60 or $70 into uh, a game that you've heard just reviews on. Um, we've been saying for, what, however long Game Pass has been available, really, uh, that it's been a, that it's a good deal. Um, when we're not the only people talking about it, I know long-time friend of the show, TVGP, um a lot of the, a couple of the folks on there, well, all three of the folks on there tend to play a lot of the stuff on Game Pass just because the deal's so good. Right. And if there's something multiplayer that all three of them have got with the subscription they have, like, yeah. that just makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, we don't get very many, if any, at all, you know, you know, free game codes. You know, that's just the way it is. It's, we have to pay for stuff out of our pockets. So... Yep. Uh, so being able to save money and have a wide range of games available, and the fact that some of those games are are quality indie titles too. Yes, yeah. I mean it, it's perfect for us. Um, it might not be perfect for everybody, 
you know, and with any decision, you need to, you know, to weigh what's available on the uh, on the service to what you like to play. But there's a good range of games in there. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's it's worth it for a month to try it. Especially considering you can get the first month for like a buck or something like that. Totally not sponsored, but, um, <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's worth giving it a go. Um but yeah, this this was pretty big news. It blew my fucking mind because it kind of came out of left field. Uh, it hit everybody out of left field, though. You know, it's not like it was a widely known thing that these negotiations were happening. Right? No, not at all. the 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 way that it, uh, the way I see it is that it's it's a good acquisition for Microsoft. And those people who are worried about the implications on on the Sony side and and whatnot, that's all speculation. We can't really even say what's going to happen at this point. Um, but chances are, you don't have anything to worry about. You're probably only going to get benefits out of this as uh, as a consumer, as a gamer, um, just because you're going to have an extra level of. Uh, of you know quality assurance put into these uh, into these titles yeah i'm i'm pretty excited for it um and that even going through it tonight being like oh maybe i'll play doom for a while right like i just why not i mean yeah but quite a few you know quite a few good fucking titles in there you know there's a lot of good titles in there actually <laughs> So yeah, I, mean, I was uh, already thinking about playing No Man's Sky again. Yeah, the um, the idea, uh, what I I personally want to see is that uh, Bethesda and Zenimax and you know in in that in that group under Microsoft to be able to put some of this money into the production of Elder Scrolls Six and blow our fucking minds. Yep. I mean, if they can do that and absolutely fucking, like, blow our minds, fucking Skyrim level go fucking crazy nuts with Elder Scrolls Six, uh, and make just the best game possible. I mean, it's... There's I, not really yeah. anything better. I mean, that, that would be best case scenario yep. for me. And they really do need to kind of knock... Elder Scrolls 6 out of the park because they fucking like milked the fuck out of Skyrim. So they can't sell Skyrim now <laughs> because, well, they've sold it to everybody and everything. And, and they made a okay, but still subpar product with ESO. Just going to say it. Eh, it's an MMO. I mean, not everybody who plays that kind of, uh, that kind of game. I mean, it's unique in the MMO space, and that's probably what sets it apart. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that was massive. Massive. What else do we got going on? Um, well, I mean, we touched on the Xbox and Sony thing, and of course, since we last recorded, um, Xbox and Sony opened up pre-orders. Uh, oh yeah, for uh, for these and uh, boy, do I know about a bunch about trying to order shit online now. Um, <laughs> uh, so 
on top of the fact, and, and I hadn't actually said a damn thing about bots, you know, this entire podcast, but bots were a big, big problem with the uh, with the NVIDIA launch um, and people flipping shit on eBay. Uh, but what, uh, what they were having problems with, with the, uh, with the, uh, with the other console pre-orders is, you know, very similar bots, sites going down because of traffic, all kinds of shit. But, uh, this really all started, was it, uh, last week, um, with the, uh, the Sony, uh, presentation, uh, where they revealed the pricing for uh, for each one of the uh, consoles, uh, what the feature set was for each one of the consoles, and and did their whole presentation. And then, right at the you know end of the presentation, they were saying, "We'll let you know when pre-orders are are going live, uh, and they're supposed to you know start going live tomorrow." And then, what ended up happening was they went live immediately at the, you know, at the end of that conference at the end of that thing. So people who were like anticipating being able to, uh, you know, be in the digital line, so to speak, whereas the floodgates opened up immediately and they sold out that night in seconds, in seconds. Um, so that was one of, the many botched launches over the last couple of weeks um, where a lot of people who wanted to get a, so, uh, a PlayStation couldn't. I tried, actually. I was watching the end of that, and then I heard that the, uh, uh, the pre-orders went up, and I went to, I think it was Best Buy's website, uh, and Best Buy's website went down. I yep. had one in cart. I was ready to check out. And it couldn't, it just wouldn't go through. And it said nine, nine, nine. Uh, so I was not able to get a PlayStation. Um, man, I try, I've been trying to throw money at the internet for two fucking weeks and nobody's taken. Um, (laughs) uh, so that happened. And of course the series X, uh, pre-orders, uh, you know, they hit, was it a couple days ago? Yeah. Uh, so the Series X you know, pre-orders, uh, you know, went live, uh, and the, the the differences in in consoles aside, I mean, PlayStation's got the better deal as far as power, I think, is concerned. Uh, over the over the two different versions, like there's a disc version and a non-disc version, but it's basically the same hardware inside, whereas the Series X and the series S have different hardware with different, uh, you know, different targets in mind. Uh, series X is more 4k, whereas series S is more 1440 or 10, uh, 1080p, you know, gaming, you know, and the hardware reflects that as far as the, uh, the, the raw graphics power behind it. Um, what ended up happening, and I found this fucking hilarious, is people went to order their Xbox Series X and pre, you know, and do a bunch of those pre-orders, and ended up by, uh, getting a lot of Xbox One Xs instead. 
So the naming convention of the uh, of the Xbox shot a lot of people in the foot, where they were uh, they were thinking they were ordering the Series X, the new console, and they ended up ordering the one uh, X current uh, current gen consoles instead. Um. That's got to chafe a little. And those people who thought they were, like, fucking set for, you know, for the holiday or whatever the fuck they thought they were going to get their their next-gen console, they're, they're getting a, uh, uh, they're getting the, the wrong one in the mail. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, a lot of bad orders and a lot of canceled orders and, you know, it was, it was, it was a chaos. Why? Why Microsoft decided to go with that naming convention is beyond me. Um, but uh, it's not the only, you know, they're not the only people in the tech industry that have weird naming conventions for their shit. Because Intel. some pencil pushing <laughs> PR rep said, we don't want to change this too much. Series versus Xbox. Uh, it's just it's just change one to series and it's much more marketable it, why so <laughs> so yeah that happened uh, a lot of people are disappointed because of that um of course those sold out fairly quickly as well uh the uh the pre-orders are kind of bouncing in and out uh online i just saw something on you know on a web page and i can't even confirm it but the rumor right now is that there's going to be additional allotments uh, available tonight or tomorrow. Of course, that doesn't help you listening because you won't hear this in time. Um, but, uh, I mean, for you guys, if you were even thinking about doing that, pre-ordering is a bad idea, folks. Seriously. I'm not pre-ordering shit. Pre-ordering is a bad idea. Um and I, I've already kind of gone out and said that I'm not going to pick up a Series X, uh, not right away at least. I'm going to pick, you know, probably if anything, I'm picking up a PlayStation Five. That's that's that's, that's just because I'm just picking up a video card, um, and then I'm going to wait for the. I may go as far as waiting. You know, I might kick myself for saying this, but. In my head right now, it looks like I'm waiting all the way until Black Friday sale 2021 to pick up a console. I'm not going to lie. If I can get most of the shit that I want on PC right now and there's no game releases, I don't see the point. Same here. Right. The um, There there isn't a lot in, in the uh, exclusive space as of right now that uh, kind of sways me one way or the other. And I... Uh, so there's, there was two things that could have happened with the, you know, with the NVIDIA launch for me is either I pick up a 3080 and a console, uh, or a high end gaming chair, uh, which is probably more my style. I probably would do that. Um, or I would pick up just a 3090 and I'd be boned for the rest of the year as far as like play money is concerned. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if I get over $5,000 in my overall savings, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, things like hot water heaters break, and you just right. never get where you want to be. And you have to be able to plan for that kind of stuff. And, you know, and 
as much as it sucked, the timing sucked on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a reason for me to pick up a Series X. And I only would pick up a PlayStation 5 probably for God of War. Um, because that was another thing that was announced at, uh, at the PlayStation conference, uh, that uh, God of War Ragnarok is coming. And that is, huh, I don't know, the way that the, uh, the, the way that God of War ended, I kind of want to see how that goes. <laughs> Fair enough. But I think we're kind of running out of steam on the news part. This week, what do you think, Rusty? Yeah, there's, there's more, but I mean, that's a bunch of stuff happens in tech. So, well, you know, that check it out online. I mean, that, we're not your 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 daily news source. These are the stuff that actually uh, that piqued our interest, and we have time for. Yeah. I'm being told that I didn't that, shut up. That, that's if the Rusty had woke up an hour earlier, we would have gone into this. No, no, I well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that is the whole thing. I think thing. we hit the uh, the you know, the the biggest I think we beats. hit all the biggest beats that yeah. we want to go over. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, find us at tiltcast.com, find us on Facebook and twitter.com/tiltcast. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com/realtiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Find some damn friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got bmfcast.com. We've got for the love of gaming, we have Picking Up the Pixels, which is Pupcast. We have NoQuarters.net and TVGP.TV. They play Game Pass. And with that, it's the end of the damn show. All right. Peace.